Today on Sagittarian Matters, advice on breakups, rituals, romance, quarantine boundaries, and more with my very special guest, Magic Hour Astrology's own Brandy Taylor. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy 200th episode. Sagittarian Matters. Keep coming back. Hello from the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studio in Los Angeles, California. It is our 200th episode. Producer Chris Sutton, producer Ponyo, and myself began this project in 2015. Our first episode came out in early 2016. Producer Ponyo and I were on residency in Richmond, Virginia. Producer Chris was in Portland, Oregon. And we we started something. Typical us, typical us, typical us. Here we are now. We wanted to start a fun podcast. It helped me break out of my isolation on my residency. And it still works for that purpose, helping me break out of isolation to this day. Who knew a short four years and 200 episodes later, we would be in a straight up lockdown quarantine, getting to talk to some of our very best friends to the show, answering your advice questions, tasting weird food, and connecting with listeners. I have some thank yous, and the thank yous are these. Thank you, listeners, everybody who listens to the show, people who have reached out and told me it's their favorite podcast. Thank you to everyone who has rated us on iTunes. Thank you to everyone who's ever tipped producer Chris. If you never have... May I suggest, may I recommend, there's no time like the present on the eve of our 200th episode to send producer Chris a tip. Um, And can I just give you a little bit of unsolicited advice? If you have a friend that likes Sagittarian Matters, I think tipping producer Chris is a nice way to give your friend a gift because then I'll say your friend's name on the show and you can text them and be like, hey, that was from me. And your friend will be like, oh my God, I'm so impressed. Just That's just a little recommendation for you. Anyway, I want to thank all of you for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing, for sending us weird food. And most of all, thank you to everybody who entrusts me with your advice questions. I really, really appreciate it. I don't take it lightly. I, it's my honor to answer your advice questions. So thank you. If you have one today, call 971-361-998 and leave us a message. We will not answer the phone, and that is a Sagittarian Matters promise you can take directly to the bank. I do want to thank our frequent contributors, friends to the show, esteemed Capricorn, Sagittarians, Aquarians, etc. Beth Pickens, Rocco Kayatis, Michelle T., Beth Ditto, Jessica Onyadu, Brandy Taylor, and Morgan. Thank you, thank you, thank you to those people. Those are the people that have shown up the most frequently on the show, contributed a lot. We will continue to have them on the show. And if you go to my Patreon page right now, Nicole J. George's, you can see a list that helper to the show Carson compiled where you can see the exact episode numbers of where all those people are. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. Side note, I would like to start a Sagittarian Matters transcription project. Listeners, this is where you come in. If you're listening to an episode and you hear a recipe you like, if you hear a particular piece of advice from somebody that you think is great, and you have a moment to spare because we're in a pandemic, would you consider 
transcribing that portion of the interview of the episode and sending it to us, we will definitely thank you. And we would like to start a Sagittarian Matters transcription archive of the best of our advice, of our recipes, etc. But with 200 episodes, it is quite a tall order. Anyway, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Sagittarian Matters, or you can email them to me, NicoleJGeorges at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. We look forward to someday saying every listener's name on the podcast, should you help out or donate to producer Chris. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be afraid. That's just Ponyo's 200th episode celebratory speaking voice. Have a great week and please enjoy my talk with friend to the show, Sagittarius birthday twin, Brandy Taylor. Brandy Taylor is my birthday twin, a dog lover, and the witch behind Magic Hour Astrology. You can find her by Magic Candles and schedule an intuitive reading at magichourastrology.com or find her on Instagram. Brandy joined me from her Portland, Oregon magic studio to answer your advice questions about romance, sex, breakups, and more in a time of quarantine. Now please enjoy my talk with very special Sagittarius, Brandy Taylor. Brandy Taylor, esteemed Sagittarius, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am in the Sagittarian Matters social distancing studios in Los Angeles, California, where there is construction going on outside. Don't worry, just in time for pandemic. And you are in the Magic Hour Astrology Candle Zone I'm in, in the zone. In Portland, Oregon. That's right. It was 88 degrees, shockingly. Oh, wow. Oh. All right. Let's get to some of these advice. By the way, I asked people for sex questions because I knew everybody was horned up during quarantine. But uh, we got a lot of relationship questions. That sounds good. So let's do I, it. Let's do it. Will you read this one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question. What is the best way to get over a breakup? I find myself bargaining, trying to make it work in my head, flailing like so many tears, and generally be willing to go back with my girlfriend at any whim, even though she's broken up with me a lot. Help. Signed, Troubled in Tulsa. <laughs> Dear Troubled in Tulsa, ugh, I have a few things to say, but Brady, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. I... I want to start, my opening pitch is anything that's not yes is a no, and this person feels like a big no. I mean, you know, the person, you've mentioned so many tears, you mentioned trying to make things work in your head, which sounds really exhausting, and you've also mentioned that the person has broken up with you a lot. So, I mean, troubled in Tulsa, I think the writing is on the wall, that you really need to let this person go. It doesn't sound like this is something that is going to work because you sound like you've tried it before and you are at a stage where hopefully you're ready to move on. So the best way to get over the breakup, I know it might be challenging, but I'm a big proponent of the take space, which is the no contact 
no talking, no seeing each other, et cetera, for a set amount of time. And for you, it might be a little bit longer than a week or two weeks, maybe even try one month. At least a month, at least a month. This person is not your emergency contact. This person is not your doctor. This person, it doesn't matter if you share custody of a horny toad or a a bowl full (laughs) of tadpoles. You know what? Somebody just take on the tadpoles. Don't talk for at, at the very least no contact for a month. And that could be blocking them on social media if that's your thing like for real no contact for a month absolutely and also you know make sure that you express that boundary with a lot of clarity and conviction and you know you're not going to cross that boundary and she shouldn't cross that boundary either and the longer that you're apart hopefully will give you a longer um, amount of time so you can reflect on the relationship and actually start the process of healing and letting go. It's really hard to do that while you're constantly confronted with some of the good things that are in the relationship or the person maybe reels you back in or you getting some of your needs met by them that might not be very healthy for you. So you're going to need some time and space just to completely focus back on yourself. And then hopefully the longer that you're apart from this person, like Nicole said, maybe it's going to be at least a month. Maybe it's the whole summer. Nothing wrong with that. Summer's a great time to have have some space from somebody. And, you know, you could have a set date where you know you're going to contact each other and not really, you know, really try to block them from your phone, your social media, et cetera. So you're not tempted to go back to that uh what I would maybe say is possibly a dry well, or at least an exhausted well. Yeah. I have, I have like a set, I have seven points written on this piece of paper. You ready? You ready to hear them? I can't wait. Okay. Number one, your caller, you're only responsible for 50% of this relationship. It sounds like, like Brandy said, you've exhausted your, you've done your due diligence for your 50% and that's all you have. And this person's telling you something different about their 50%. So that's it. Um, I really think you should give yourself space, like Brandy said. But that space includes not just filling the hole with other people, with anything else that feels obsessive or compulsive. Like actually letting yourself feel it for a second. Because you're going you're gonna to get bored. You're going to miss this person. You're going to get uncomfortable. And that's part of it. Because, like, if you fill that space with something else that's temporary, when that goes away, this pain is going to come right back. And it might come back with whatever that extra temporary thing was, too. And then it's just, it's just the Band-Aid. Just, just got to rip that Band-Aid off and just feel it for a second. And it's going to feel, like, really shitty. And then that's that just is what it is. Um, the next thing I want to say that goes with that... Um, is patience is confidence. I heard somebody say that. And so basically it's like you being patient enough to know that you're not, maybe this relationship isn't meant for you, but maybe something better is. And so the confidence part of it is just knowing that you don't need to anxiously fill that space with this person if you feel bad, that if you just sit still, something better will come into your life. And maybe that's romantic, maybe that's not romantic. Maybe you're just giving yourself space in the pause 
to let something different and more beautiful than you could even imagine right now come into your life. Because I bet right now, all you can imagine is your potential that you got married to with this person. Like the definition of codependency, one of the definitions is like just being really attached to someone's potential and just kind of like working on that. And I just think maybe a real dose of acceptance and reality and then giving yourself a pause to let something better fill in that space. A different narrative, a story you don't even know yet could come into your life. Let the world hold you. The world is here. The big world is here. And the last thing is, yeah, if you just let go of outcomes, sometimes that gives room to let a lot of light in from different places. Yeah, and you know, there's a it also sounds like, you know, this this just this question is exhausting. You know, the tears, the yo-yoing, the bargaining, like wh- like who or what could you um what kind of place could you be in or what could you be doing or who could you be talking to if your um mental and emotional space wasn't completely monopolized by this. And if you were able to like maybe make a new connection with a with a friend or Maybe you're going to want to do something new with yourself or, you know, I wonder like what, maybe you're going to have more creativity or have more time and energy to take care of yourself. Like, just think about like really trying to nourish and put the focus back on you instead of kind of trying to like piece together this um, dynamic that is not sustainable. No. I think, well, so this goes into another question that somebody asked, which was about a breakup ritual. Let me see. My ex and I are thinking of doing a ritual to close the relationship portal. Do you have any suggestions? Well, I mean, I think that like, I, I love this question. I think that breakup rituals are really important. Um, you do enter into like a contract, you know, for lack of a better word with people when you're in any type of relationship with them. And um, I think that if you really want to, be consciously like they're kind of consciously uncoupling so this feeling of like consciously like letting your relationship go and that you your the verbiage was to close the relationship portal which i really love um i think that you could actually have an action that you both are doing um i would do it maybe separately not together uh for instance you could you know you could both agree that you're going to, you know, get just just get each other's stuff together, right? From each other's houses. If you, if you don't live together, right? Make sure you have all the stuff together. Put it in a in a part of the house, and you know, leave that there. And maybe just like send some love or send some closure energy. What I mean by that is like if you have that person come up in your mind. Let's say you're making a food together that you really like, or something else. And then you have a missing for them. Maybe send it to that like box in the basement of their stuff and just kind of energetically kind of have a place to put it. That's a really easy and super simple thing that you could be doing. So you're not necessarily holding that. You're giving it a place to go. And then maybe you could have a different kind of their little, feel a little bit more, um, uh, a lightness or like a unburdening from that place. And then when you are at the end of your time, you're going to exchange stuff. You can really like, okay, this this is entirely closed. Here you go. Here's all of this wrapped in love for an appreciation for who you were for me at this time, right? Um, Another option or idea, which I really love is um, like if you're having a breakup conversation and you want to do this ritual together, um, 
I love, of course, I'm a candle witch. So I love if you both had like a letting go candle or something like, or a love candle or something else like that. And you both had one and then all of the, you know, one month, two months, three months, five months, however long you take to burn those, they just burn down to your own pace. You light it when you think about that person. You let it burn for a few hours or you just burn through the whole thing all at once and know that at the end of when the candle is totally burned through, you're ready to really release. You're ready. Like that's the flame is out. You know, you're the thing, the you're releasing, you're surrendering, your closure is down and out, out into the universe. Right. So there's lots of like magical things like that um, you can do. What do you think, Nicole? I think that sounds really beautiful. <laughs> I um, I thought of one more thing that goes with this. It kind of goes more with the first question, which I remember once I was in my 20s and I was really tore up about a breakup and I was talking to somebody and I was like, I mean, with two things. I was like, they, they felt like they were my soulmate and it used to be like this and they used to do this. And my friend said two things. My friend said, this is, I'm actually blending two friends into one friend. Let's pretend like I'm making a composite character live on the podcast. This person said, A, the way I told them how things were going down in the relationship, they were like, I don't think your soulmate would treat you that way. Mm. And the other thing they said was, you know, I was like, but they, when it started, they were like this. And my friend was like, they're not showing you that side of themselves anymore. Like they're the same yeah. person, but they're just not showing you that side of themselves anymore. And that was like mm-hmm. an acceptance slap in the face. And there was something sad, but very hopeful when I was, you know, getting treated poorly in a relationship to be like, oh, it felt very much like this person was like a quote unquote soulmate, but my soulmate would not treat me that way. That's right. So that's right. Yeah. And, you know, I've also done like this sounds like a like amicable split sort of question, which is why this is the angle I'm going going towards, you know, also gathering like natural materials or something that maybe you got while you were together. I'm a big um, gem and crystal person and a lot of people give me gems and crystals as presents or, you know, found rocks or, you know, uh, different types of like wands or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And a lot of times the person who gave that to me, I might have love for them, but that physical object I have a connection to. And if it's of the natural world, I always return that to the natural world. So I've done many a drive or bike ride to the beautiful Columbia River, and I have thrown many crystals into the river. Um, And I've buried things. I've taken some things with me, like on a hike and like, you know, of course, that are like, you know, sticks or hawthorn berries or whatever they are and let them just kind of release back into the world and whatever, and to let them compost. You know, I think that that is like, the idea of composting the relationship is really important. A lot of people think about like the breakup and then that's it. Well, that's, that could be the death of your relationship, but what happens after death is compost. And that's just as important. And that's helping to nourish and take care of and feed what's next for you. So I think in this ritual or in, in any breakup, letting yourself have not just the death of the relationship, but also have the time after the grief, the mourning, but also like the beauty and the nourishment that happens from that compost cycle. Today's episode is brought to you by Bridget Sweet 
Michelle Lemoyne, Emily Helmus, Mary Pinson, Jill Soloway, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, and Christy Herod. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo. His name is Hell Books on Venmo. That's H-E double hockey sticks books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. Dear Sagittarius Matters, I left a relapsed addict, and I am with someone who is totes, not an addict, but my defects keep coming back. How do I remove them? Sincerely, (laughs) troubled in Tuscaloosa. (laughs) Okay. Okay, wait. They left a relapsed addict, and now there was somebody who's not an addict, but they're defects keep coming up yeah they're still freaking in, this person's still freaking and tweaking as if they were in that past relationship even though they're with a different person i heard somebody say before that defects are just assets gone out of whack so like sometimes these are things that were really good about you like you're very attuned to other people but then they kind of just got out of blown out of proportion when you were focusing mm-hmm. on someone else so much that then you we're obsessing over somebody else and kind of neglecting yourself and whatever is an example. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think a lot of gentleness with yourself and forgiving yourself for the ways that you're not perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect in this relationship. Um, and being really honest with yourself and then as honest with your partner as you can, as you're like, hey, I'm realizing that I'm doing this thing. Like, instead of you living in the shame, like, instead of you judging yourself about this thing that you feel is, like, defective, you know, like, living in the shame of it and then trying to, like, pretend like it's not happening or burying it or whatever, like, you can't walk it off. You may just have to sit in it and be like, okay, I'm not perfect and that's okay. And then just say to your new partner, who seems like maybe a safe person or a safer person, like, I'm realizing that I am acting like this when you do this. And I know that that's not the same as my old relationship, but I just want you to know, cause it's just like making me feel a little freaky. And I think if you're honest with them, more will be revealed. Like you'll get more information from them about how maybe they could help support you too, or be patient with you as you go through your own process around relieving yourself of these things that have come up for you. Yeah. And you know, if you are somebody who is an Al-Anon or adult childhood alcoholics or addicts, like, you know, I'm just going to venture out here, but it might be, you might be drawn to or have a history with dating addicts or people or codependents or people who also have that, um, that story for themselves, right? (laughs) Big shocker. But it sounds like also this person who does not have that story for themselves, like, it might be a little uncomfortable because guess what? I bet you know how to deal with an addict. You probably know how to deal with a codependent. And this person who is not any of those things, I bet your your like inner child and all your shit is just freaking out because all your tools might not work with this person. So it makes sense that they're coming out right now because you you're kind of out of a fish out of water. So 
that's actually a kind of a cool opening to be able to do like a deeper type of work and also reflect upon the people that you choose to be in a relationship with. And it sounds like you have this great person now and it would be really awesome if you were able to like fully be there in a way that like maybe wasn't as a codependent or wasn't sort of activated by their behavior and be able to really enjoy each other. So it, uh, it's a cool opening. I wish you lots of luck on that. It sometimes is a practice to learn to be comfortable in things that are comfortable. Yeah. Because with situations like Brandy's saying with, with uncomfortable, with like messy people, then your brain gets to work all the time. Like I could solve it. I could solve it. I could solve it. And sometimes you just get to show up somewhere and be like, there's no work for me to do about solving the relationship. I just have to sit here and just, and it's a different feeling. Yeah. And the dynamic, if you're not trying to like save them or, you know, fix them or any of those things, and you're not trying to kind of problem solve or, you know, be in like the like frazzled chaos of being with a, with an addict, like then what, what you might be able to like, I don't know, play a board game or cook something together or watch a fucking cool movie or go on a walk. Like, wow. Just and try to enjoy that. And I would really do, I would hundred percent, you know, take some time to reflect around your own program and do some one day at a time. And one day at a time, dear Sagittarius matters. I am in the first healthy romantic relationship of my life. My partner and I have been together for five months. While I am trying to see a future with my partner, my past experience, this is a very similar question, my past experience is clouding my vision. I keep waiting for the new relationship energy to wear off and then the abuse to begin. I've tried talking to my partner about it, but it's been really scary for me. How do I learn to build trust with myself and my partner? Oh. You have to keep doing the scary thing and being vulnerable and giving them the opportunity to meet you there with gentleness. And that's my opinion. Yeah, 100%. That's, this is a really a tender little question. And, you know, if you are all, if you're just like that, just waiting for the new energy to, to wear off and for them to turn into a scary, abusive nightmare, that's so sad. I'm really sorry that that has happened to you in your past. And that is not who everybody is. And I completely relate to like waiting for like the other shoe to drop kind of feeling. And that's not always true for everybody. And it is fucking so hard to be able to like trust somebody and open up. And what you said, Nicole was great. It's about being vulnerable. You know, I, they said that they tried talking about it to the partner, but, and it's scary, but I would just like, I would do whatever you can to get the courage just to be able to name it. And you might find that like naming it and talking to your partner about it, you might find that weight really being lifted off of your shoulders because then it's out there and maybe it's a little bit less scary, you know, and I can guarantee you anytime I've ever been vulnerable or let someone know like that I was scared or clue them into my past or just had a discussion or ask them questions and, you know, had them reflect something back to me. I never regret it. Never. It's, it's weird. It feels, I'm, you know, speaking for a friend, it feels like the most scary thing to say or do sometimes in those moments, 
it's kind of, it's taking contrary action. It's being like, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's almost caller. If you can imagine it coming from the other person, if the other, the person you were in love with came to you and was like, here's my scary feel, you know, here's my feelings of vulnerability and like softness and scaredness that I want to like tell you and express to you because I want this to work. And I am afraid that it won't in this way or whatever. Like, think about how you would react to them coming to you with that. Mm-hmm. And just kind of giving yourself that sort of gentleness and permission to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it hard for me. like a really nice little cushion of, um, you know, like maybe you could preface this like, hey, I have like something really vulnerable to say. Or are you in a space where you I could share something really tender with you? Just so that maybe like that, that might give you a little bit of safety. And then when you're actually speaking, just imagine yourselves being in like a little nest or a little soft space. So, you know, if those, if you do get scared or something like that, like have whatever creature comforts with the dog or the cat by you or whatever, be in the bed, be like, you know, as like cushiony as you want, make your physical self really safe. So you can be hopefully dipping into that emotional, you know, scary waters for you. Yeah. And you can take a break. You can take a pause. You could tap out, come back to it. There's no need to plow through. There's no hurry. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> you got nothing but time to really take a break. Be like, I got I just have to go cry in the closet because we live in the same space and we're in a quarantine. <laughs> you know, whatever you need to do. Okay, here's the most sexual question we got. Okay, great. Yeah. Dear Sagittarian Matters. Ooh, sexy. Sex positive. Dear Sagittarian Matters, is anyone else feeling asexual during quarantine? As, <laughs> as soon as it hit, it's like my whole sexual self disappeared. Any advice to figure out how to get it back? Or am I just going to have to wait this one out? From Horny in Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, first of all, like, how are you however you feel in this moment is how you feel i mean asexuality is its own type of sexuality so you're probably not asexual because you would probably already be asexual before this um just having like a low sex drive is what i kind of hear you saying you just don't want to do it you don't want to have sex maybe you don't want to masturbate who knows but if your whole sexual self has disappeared right it sounds like okay you want to get it back okay I think that being really, really nice to yourself is here's the here's the 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 clincher. All these the answers are being really nice to yourself. Just kidding. Um, being really nice to yourself, letting yourself just be in the moment, however you are. Guess what? We're in a fucking pandemic that's totally scary. We're going through a collective experience that is like literally reshaping our world. Some people might get horned out by that. Some people don't. Exactly. If you want, you know, like there's lots, I could give you tons of ways where you could try to like reconnect with yourself, but like, it's okay that you're not, you're not feeling horny and you don't want to have sex. We have a lot on our plate right now, a ton on our plate. Some people a lot more than others. So I just think it's like giving yourself permission to not be sexual right now is totally fine. And if you do want to like, expend the energy and the time to kind of get that spark back with yourself. There's lots of ways. Like I would just kind of like take your pulse. Like, are, are you even in your body? You know, 
you might not feel sexual because maybe you're being disassociated because we're in a fucking pandemic and your whole life might be changed. Like, it's kind of hard to be sexual when you're not even in your body at all. So I know for myself, like, not being able to go to, like, you know, care for my body or deal with, like, go to the doctor or, like, things like that have been really dysregulating for me. Those are things I really look forward to on a regular basis. And it helps keep my, like, chronic illness at bay. And not being able to have access to those makes my makes me feel kind of like shit in my body. I wonder if anybody else can relate, right? So, like, there's more here than just, like, not feeling horny right now. Also, it's been three months. Like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's kind of like we're, we're collectively grieving. Exactly. And exactly. It's like you coming out of a funeral and being like, why don't I want to fuck? That's right. 100%. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, like, some people are having sex, but, like, I wonder, like, do you feel like in your most embodied, like, awesome self if you are? Fuck yeah. If you're not, maybe you're doing it because you're bored. Maybe you're just jerking off because it's, like, helpful to have five minutes to, like, not think about the world in a goddamn pandemic or we can't hug our friends or, like, I mean, the fact that, like, I'm touch is my love language, let me tell you. The fact that I can only, I mean, I have a spouse who's awesome, but, like, I actually get a lot of my touch needs from, like, hanging out with, like, my friends and being sweet with them. Or, like, I get a lot of my creativity and playfulness out when I hang out with my friends who are kids. And, like, I'm not getting that, right? So my, like, erotic self, right, is, like, our, our collective erotic selves are going to be low, because we're not having as much fun. We're not having as much play in our life. We're fucking stressed out. We're totally grieving. Why Why the fuck would we want... We would walk around like both boners all the time. It's just like... It's not very likely. And let me just tell you, it's going to come back. Yeah. Just like the fucking seasons change. This pandemic will change. You're going to be able to touch your friends again. You're going to be able to be outside and get juiced up and feel creative and inspired and passionate and have pleasure like you know we get pleasure from like going out to a restaurant and like having a beautiful meal we can't do those things you get pleasure from going into the forest and going on a hike you can't do those things so like those those wells are really small so it's okay if you don't feel like you want to fucking have sex right now you will you will feel that way again i promise i did a full mary Catherine gallagher with a tree the other day Just to speak from the other side of it. <laughs> just in my neighbor's yard trying to hug a tree because somebody prescribed. Somebody's like, you need to, you haven't hugged anyone in three months? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, I, I'm just going to go hug a tree. Dear. Yeah, yeah. And one more thing on this one is. The, it was um, consensual. What? It was consensual. Oh, the tree. Of course. Of course. Trees love hugs, just so you know. Um, One other thing about this is, like, if you have, it sounds like you might have a partner, potentially, that you're not doing it with. And maybe there's, like, if you have an agreement with that partner, maybe you could, like, you know, turn off the news or, you know, do try to have low distraction or low anxiety producing things and just have a time where you're, like, sitting together, being together, trying to be in your body and like allow yourself to like, you know, maybe you're making out or maybe you're doing something that's like, you know, not just like full on boning and maybe try to try to maybe build that pleasure back up smaller at a smaller, like more gentle and incremental stage might feel like, you know, 
if if that's even applicable with a partner, if you have a partner, just try that versus try to go like, why aren't we having like kinky bondage anal all the time? You know, why aren't we doing full anal all the time? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like we had um we had a lesbian bed death episode of the podcast a long time ago, or just a bed death episode. And one of the things that was prescribed to listeners from Jessica Lanyadu, resident Capricorn astrologer, my resident Sagittarian astrologer, is because, um, you know, we have to have both. Was, but it was like, be able to um, kiss each other deeply without an expectation of sex happening. Like, actually, like, mm-hmm. just even you could even just say, like, we're not allowed to have sex after this. We're just going to kiss each other maybe a listener wrote this in there's like we just are going to kiss each other for like 20 seconds mm-hmm. and that's all and we're just gonna that's that it, there's no there's no nothing else that we're just gonna do that to physically connect with each other yeah so just and that just puts a little like it puts a little like you know a little gem in your like beautiful fountain of pleasure and then you're adding like another little gem tomorrow or maybe you're gonna give your, your partner a massage or maybe you're gonna take a bath and like be really like touch your body or, you know, whatever, like you just keep doing like little things at a time and you'll see like that pleasure, that passion, you're doing more things that bring you pleasure, hopefully being feeling more inspired, more creative, things like that. It'll kind of start to unfold and trickle into all the areas. Hi listeners. It's me, Nicole. If you would like to support me and Ponyo, in particular our comics and animal illustrations, go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. And for as little as $2 a month, you can have access to hundreds of pages of otherwise unpublished diary comics. For the price of one cold brew plus tip, you can become an honorary Sagittarian. And for the price of two vegan cupcakes or two vegan donuts, you can become a Ponyo's Friend Club member, at which point you really start raking in goods, including new buttons. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. Dear Sagittarian Matters, do you have any advice on how to prevent awkwardness when having a socially distant hangout with a friend who has a different level of COVID paranoia or different etiquette around masks. I'm asking for a friend to cut. I'm asking, oh, asking a friend to cover their face can be uncomfortable. Thank you from freaked out in Fresno. Yeah. I mean, this question is really about like, how do I, how do I make a boundary? (laughs) Yeah. How do I ask for what I need? And it's okay. How do I ask for my needs, you know, to be respected and, you're you're saying that you want to prevent awkwardness but actually i think what you're saying too is like how do i have the courage to be able to stick to my boundary and i and not really be too concerned if i'm going to hurt someone else's feelings um this is not you know you're not speaking like a different language by saying put a mask on and you know social distancing everyone knows what that means Mm -hmm. so saying a boundary to be able to like i would do that before you have a hangout and you know, it actually might be more helpful for you to have people to come to your space if you have an outdoor space. Like I have a few people here, my friends who have like, they already set up chairs like 10 or 12 feet apart in their backyard. And then they're all, they invite the people over and they're like, okay, you're going to sit there. You're going to sit there. You can't use the bathroom. You can go pee over here in the yard, bring BYO drink, BYO snacks, 
and let's just have a chill hangout. And if you come to our house, masks are required and you can't go inside. I love that. And that's, that's just like the text that comes through is like, I miss you. Let's have a, you know, backyard hangout. Here's, here's some, here are my, my rules for the house or whatever you want to call them. Here are my, my, my requirements for hanging out. And most people that want to hang out with you, that's no big deal. And if they don't want to do that, then maybe you say like, okay, well, let's hang out when we're in a different stage of the pandemic. I'd love to see you on FaceTime. Yeah. Or I'd love to Zoom hang out. Yeah. I mean, I would hundred percent. Also, if you can have it at your place, then you can kind of control the distancing. If you can't do that, then I would just make sure on the text that you send them, Hey, um, you know, I'm really concerned about COVID when we hang out, I need X amount of distance you to wear you. We both to wear masks. Da, da, da. Are you into that? Let's hang out on Friday or whatever. I, I bring a tape measure. <laughs> I bring a tape measure. I need to get a hard tape measure. Anyone wants to send me one? I have a flimsy one now. It's a little awkward when I'm on a hike and I pull it out. <laughs> it's flopping in the wind. Yeah, you you, might, you definitely need a hard one. You also might need like a pool noodle, which I've seen, which I like. Pool noodle. Is that six feet long though? I think it's six feet long. I like that. Um, we have an astrology question. Oh, great. Can you handle it? Yeah, sure. Dear Sagittarius Matters, in the latest episode where you and Beth Piggins were talking about astrological charts, I thought of this question. I know I'm a Pisces, but I have no idea what my moon or rising is or what they even mean. Is there a good website that you can recommend to get my full astrological chart? And can you also recommend any good books or websites on understanding astrology and how it looks? Thanks from Pondering Pisces. Oh, Pondering Pisces. Of course you're pondering. You're a Pisces. Will you tell me what does it mean for someone to be a Pisces? Well, Pisces are very sensitive. They're the last, um, the last sign of the zodiac. So Pisces are really like the empath. They're also the feeler. They're like a beautiful mutable, which means changeable, adaptable water sign. Okay, so you're getting all of the water sign characteristics about being emotional and things like that, but you're also getting them in this like sort of deep spiritual almost existential type of feeling it's also the sign of like bliss right or also like oneness returning to like the universe of the cosmos or you know to god goddess things like that right it's um they are very deep very sensitive can sometimes be martyrs (laughs) as well uh sometimes they're like they're also like ruled by neptune so they're dreamers a lot of poets and musicians and, you know, like not quite visionary. It's a little more Aquarian, but there's a lot of bleed over with Aquarius and Pisces, I think. So you're getting like that sort of dreamy, visionary kind of energy. Um, and they're very caring, very nurturing, very sweet. Yeah. Creative. What do you think is the best way for this person to dig deeper into their astrological chart? Well, I think that since you just know your sun sign, you just need to dig like a little bit. You Digging deeper is like you can go, you can devote your whole life to learning astrology. You just want to get the basics. So I would look at the, the basics and getting your chart um, from either like astro.com or Channing Nichols has a great book. Um, I think it's called You Were Born for This correct if I'm wrong, Nicole. And it is, um, you also, you can go to her website, channynichols.com and get your chart because she has her own chart generator there. 
And she really breaks it down. It's very good for a 101. Like, what is my sun, moon rising? What what does it mean to have Venus in the da-da-da-da or Mars in the what? It's just like it's very helpful. But for people just starting out, just to learn those three, sun, moon, rising, that's like your basics. And then you're going to add more personal planets like Mercury and Venus and Mars into there and then expand out into the outer planets too. So um, I would highly recommend Cheney Nichols' book. It's great. I 100% recommend. You spell her name C-H-A-N-I. Uh-huh. N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. There you go. She's on Instagram. She's very, very Googleable. She's probably like the most visible astrologer right now that I know of. She was reading charts right and left. She's wonderful. She's a great astrologer. There's lots of astrology books to read. But the thing that I like about her book a lot is that it is very geared towards um, towards the basics and really helping you completely integrate those and look at the chart from a super easy perspective. Because a lot of times traditional astrology is is 100% like has been written for. It's like very deep dive, a little bit more academic, things like that. And this is a really like digestible kind of way to um, learn astrology. Highly recommend also, my favorite book on astrology, which I recommend to everybody, is called Making the Gods Work for You. It's by Caroline Casey. She's wonderful. The way she writes about the planets and the sciences just was really, really changed my life. So I um, highly recommend as well. All right. Brandy, that's all. OMG. Do you have any generalized information, advice, opinions for listeners this week? You know, we are just, we're in a... We're in a very, like, tumultuous astrological time. And 2020 has proven to be something that is way beyond our wildest dreams on how these planets have enacted what their um, aspects are to each other right now. So I, I'm i just, like, I mean, I have to practice what I preach. I'm just doing, like, a real, like, one day at a time, trying to find things that I feel grateful for every day, trying to help help somebody who needs it every single day and um, focus on like what I do have versus what I don't have. And I feel like um, the it's, I mean, I know we're all like it's summer and things are changing and things will change a little bit, but like kind of get your mindset into this is more of a long haul situation and how can you create things that are going to be sustainable for yourself, your mental health, your community, your little pod or whoever you're in a little poly pocket with for, for hanging out. Um, how are you going to create things that are going to be sustainable and nourishing for you and your loved ones for the months to come? Thank you, Brandy. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. It's my favorite podcast. Oh my God. Come on. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.